It's Sean and Kevin's Infinite Movie Crisis. Roll the dice. Accept your movie fate. Sean and Kevin's Infinite, Infinite movie, movie crisis. crisis. And what a crisis it was. My name's Sean Barry. Hey, I'm Kevin Coldren. And we just watched Terminator Salvation. Yeah, so uh, uh, why did we watch Terminator Salvation there, Sean? Well, we watched Terminator Salvation because we made, put together a list of movies. We thought on a, we ranged from movies a 10 out of 10 to a 1 out of 10. And we, yeah, we we were trying to figure out what to watch. We were literally just trying to figure out what to watch. This is when we were hanging out like a few months ago. Yeah. Like the only time we've seen each other in like a year. Yeah, a long time. Long, long time in person. And then we decided we're going to roll the die and see what we get. And we, uh, we, we came up with a couple. We came up with a couple. And we settled on, we rolled on, we rolled a four. And what we determined yeah. from our, my faint memory of this movie, I hadn't seen in probably 12 years. I don't think you'd ever seen it, right? No, never seen Terminator Salvation. I realized I've actually never seen, uh, like, I've made a lot of jokes about it, but I've never seen a Terminator movie outside of the first two. And boy, how lucky were you? Um, I mean, I'm going to phrase it this way. Looking at the current list, which we'll go through at the end, because we're going to have to set up the next one at the end. We'll go through the current list. But rolling a four was probably the worst one we could have rolled. At least, at least starting with it, you know. Because yeah, it was. But this here's the thing: I love this concept of of like of rolling the movie because like uh, you know everyone's heard a bad movie podcast, everyone's heard a good movie podcast. We're gonna be all of it. It's gonna be all of it all at once. All of it, exactly. Because now, like now, we're gonna find out like what we really like out of movies and how it right. stakes for it. Kevin, I just have one question for you. Are you what? ready for this question? Yep. Are you professional or not? <laughs> Are you bloody professional? Are you professional or not? Uh, I, I am, because uh, I do math for a living, more or less. Um, and math tells me that what's going to happen with this concept is there's going to be times. Because stats are weird, dude. I don't know if you've ever studied it. Statistics are bizarre. And things like, we're going to roll like three ones in a row at one point. It's going to happen. Oh, we definitely will. And I'm not looking forward to that day. Let's no, just say but like, this, I'm by, by that logic, we're going to see a bunch of tens too. But see, like, here's yeah. the thing. I think in terms of what will make this podcast the best, the six to eights are going to make the best. Because the stu- movies that are good and fun to watch, but also have some bonkers shit, make the best movies to talk about. Absolutely. Honestly. Absolutely. The problem is, I feel like the fours and threes are going to be the worst. Five, four, three are gonna be the absolute worst. Oh yeah, because sure. they're gonna be more boring bad than they are gonna be like fun bad. Yeah, so we, we'll we'll be selective because we're, we're we're gonna have to try to pick movies that like we still will have fun talking about and everything. I think we can still make this fun. Oh, this but, is like, gonna be fun. That bad. was a bit of a slog to get through. I don't know. What are your thoughts? This was a tough one. All right, so let's talk about Terminator Salvation for just a hot second. Now, let's start with a little recap of take everyone back to the year two thousand nine. Now, two thousand nine, very different world, Kevin. Uh, I gotta tell you. But before you even get into it, I'm glad you're bringing this up that this came out in 2009, because as I was watching it, I remembered that it came out in 2009, and I feel like this movie is peak 2009. It is so 2009, because... I think it, I think it's a culmination of everything 2009. Because it's bland. It's so bland. Boring. So gray and, and like, serious and gritty, Yeah, you and, know? and Sam Worthington's in it for some reason. 
I, I literally wrote down, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about Sam Worthington. Remember his run from like 2008 to like 2011? We're going to get Let's... to that later in like the actors categories, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, my yeah. first note I wrote down while watching this film is Sam Worthington, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, summarize the movie and we'll get into okay, it. So we're we're chopping is... at the bit here. We're going to we'll do, do the it. plot summary. If you haven't seen Terminator Salvation, good for you. Congratulations. So, I'm going to read this is by uh, Claudio Carvelho from Rio de Janeiro, the plot summary off IMDb. Because honestly, I watched the movie only like two hours ago, and I've already started to forget as much of it as I could. I watched it yesterday. It's already gone. All right. In 2003, <laughs> in the Longview State Correctional Fe- Facility, the criminal Marcus Wright is on death row and is convinced by the cancerous Dr. Serena Kogan to donate his body to a research and he accepts. It's Whoa, she, th- she gets described as cancerous? Yeah, that's how this guy... I know she has cancer, but does that does that what cancerous means? I mean, technically. I mean, cancerous would imply it spreads. Like, she's, she's spreading it, like, I, cancer. I've always referred to cancerous as, like, a bad person, but, like, like they're cancer in the locker room, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, yeah. All right. Let's, well, I don't know. That's, that feels weird to me. It, it is a weird... All right. In 2018, after an unsuccessful attack to a Skynet facility, only John Connor survives, but he discovers that Skynet is developing the powerful new Model T-800. Out of the blue, Marcus appears naked with the amnesia in the location. Marcus befriends the teenager Kyle Reese and the girl Star, who help him to survive the lethal machines, and they travel together in a jeep. Meanwhile, the Resistance discovers a signal that might turn off the machines, and John offers to test it. When Kyle captures is captured by a machine and brought to the Skynet headquarters, Marcus decides to help the youngster and heads to Skynet. And on the way, he saves Blair Williams, who suggests to him that he should meet John Connor first. But Marcus steps on a mine and is submitted to surgery when a secret about his origins is disclosed. Which is, all right, that's the only description he gives. So we'll all just finish the rest of the summary. They discover, oh, Marcus is actually a secret Terminator. So first thought. First thought, I, I have to get through. Like, uh, this I is down my list. Re- but like, I'm going to recap I, the rest I, of the movie now, because that does a pretty good job. I want to finish it up. To let... Okay, all right, go he ahead. Discovery's a Terminator. He breaks out of the, the Resistance contraband to go rescue Kyle Reese for some reason. John Connor also goes to rescue Kyle Reese because it's his dad. They go, they discover, oh, you've been a Terminator all along. And like they do the whole, just a shit ton of exposition dump by a CGI, like Skynet version of Hell on a Bottom Car- Carter. And, yep. th- and then And then it's a big fight. A terrible, actually, I wouldn't even say terrible. It was the CG I thought was fine. Uh, an Arnie CG T800 attacks. They fight. John Connor is mortally wounded. They go back to the base after defeating the monsters, blowing up the the production machines, rescuing Kyle Reese, and then and the John Connor is hearts destroyed. And Marcus gives his heart to John Connor, and John Connor gets, takes his lead as the head of the resistance. Oh boy, uh, we got a lot to break down there, my friend. Uh, the like, okay, uh, I, I'm glad you finished it. You're right. Yeah. We got to go through an order. Let's just start with the credits, man. I was sitting there watching the credits, and uh, I remember seeing the cast list go by because again, I haven't seen this before. I went in knowing that Sam Worthington's character is a Terminator. Like, I feel yeah. like that's super obvious. Isn't it in the trailer? I feel it was like. definitely in the trailer. Because like, is that supposed to be a twist? Because it's not. I think the writers probably wrote it as a twist, and but then it's the, so the, obvious. And then the studio spoiled it. Here's okay. We're gonna get. I want to get into that in a second. Uh, yeah. Because there's just so many places to take this. Because all right. So at the time, 2009, it's the fourth Terminator movie, right? T1, T2, instant classics. They're in like the fucking uh, uh, Smithsonian at this point. Uh, oh, they're great, they're perfect action movies. The second one, uh, James Cameron loses the rights to Terminator and is divorced with Linda Hamilton. Ah, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Linda Hamilton then gives the rights to a different studio, who then make 2003's Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Which, which I, I imagine the rights are like a, a certificate, like a like a diploma almost. Like. Ba- basically. <laughs> basically. 
2003, it underperforms, but it's not a bomb by any stretch. It just underperforms. No one really loves it. It's just kind of a man. It's it's doomed to air on FX yeah. forever. Yeah, the rights keep bouncing around until it's acquired by the Halcyon Company, uh, who then decide this is they're an independent studio now that has the rights to it, and they decide they're going to self finance this movie, make it a prequel reboot set in the future, future of the timeline, which. I'll give them credit. That's a good idea if you're rebooting the Terminator franchise. Setting it yeah. in the future with the fight. Yeah, because, like, I mean, you don't necessarily have to, like, uh, to their credit, uh, uh, you know, unlike the ones that come after this, again, never seen them, just know about them, time travel isn't really a major plot element to this movie. No, at all. In fact, I, don't, I think that's to their credit. Like, yeah. they didn't do the same thing again. Yeah, and, like, again, the, the, I think the premise of this movie is kind of here. I, I'm, we're just, I'm talking positivity. Like, the idea that so Marcus writes okay, this movie sucks so much. It is oh, so you, bad. you're having trouble here, man. I get I, it. I'm having a hard it. time focusing because this movie. The idea of okay, it's a prequel set a little before Kyle Reese gets sent back in time. It's about establishing John Connor as the leader of the resi- of how he becomes the leader of the resistance to fight against the machines, and then until it's also this idea of like the Terminator, a good idea of having basically a human t- uh, Terminator hybrid that acts as a sleeper cell, right. Good that's, ideas. Of, I guess that's the twist. Yeah. And I wrote down later in my notes is this movie basically is like twelve fan films put together. I, I would agree with that. Uh, I also feel like isn't it weird? It, it's one of the first times it's happened to me. It's weird watching a movie in which the dark, grim future is two years earlier than we watched this movie. Yeah, this movie is now set in the complete past. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's already happened. Oh, this is a documentary, apparently. Yeah, it's apparently a document. Like. Yeah, it's like Back to the Future, like 2015 is the past now. Yeah. Distant past. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a weird weird thing. But yeah, this movie is just, I want to go more into a little bit more of the development of the movie. So it's sold the house young, like, let's let's reboot it. And then they're looking for directors and writers for a while. And they settle on Mick G. Yeah, I feel like I knew this name. Now, Mick G is a guy who's, I think, literally, who in the 90s was- (laughs) Nah, here's here's a guy. Here's a guy. (laughs) He was best known for making... Charlie's making, Angels, right? Charlie's Angels is his big movie. But in the 90s, he was predominantly just a uh, a music video director. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Which is fine. And But then the first Charlie's Angels is actually a big hit. The second right. one isn't. He was actually going to direct the Superman Returns uh, remake reboot. But then he dropped mm. out because he was afraid of flying to Australia. Weird wow. Weird fact. <laughs> yeah. And then they signed him on. He was like, yeah, dude, you're Mick G. Your name is Mick G. That's what you go by. <laughs> he was his, his real name is is joseph mcginty nickel i get why you go by mcg <laughs> no i get i get it and uh he's he's initially turned down the chance to direct this because he was afraid of flogging a dead horse and boy was he kind of right <laughs> yeah yeah he was also but i'm a, I, so i had his page open the director mcg had it open on my um uh, uh, right here in my browser uh, if you ever read his Wikipedia, I'm not going to subject people to listening to me read the Wikipedia. I'm not going to do that. But if you're ever there and you're reading it, it's one of those really over-detailed ones for so, like a smaller like director or writer that was definitely written by them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. it is. Like he definitely wrote this. Yes, he definitely <laughs> definitely wrote this. Now here's the thing. Right, so the writers are the initial writers who are credited are John Bricado and Michael Ferris, who wrote Terminator Three as well. Okay. All right. But Paul Haggis and Sean Ryan were brought in to make revisions three weeks before filming. Oh, that's a great sign. And then on set, <laughs> Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, was brought in by Christian Bale to rewrite again 
Holy shit. But then had to quit midway through filming because that's when the WGA writer's strike hit. So he could no longer keep editing the film. Right, 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 right. And, and like, uh, uh, you know, this is like peak, peak Christian Bale. This like is Dark Knight. This is, is post Dark Knight, post. Uh, Was uh, this filming after Dark Knight had come out? Yes. But this is okay. after Dark Knight had come out. Uh, the prestige has come out. He's he's huge. He's probably the, one of the biggest stars in the world by a large margin. So right. he was a big get for this. It was like also on paper. It's like okay, one of the iconic movie role rebooting iconic movie star Christian Connor. It it on paper it works. Yeah. And then this movie just fucking just shits the fucking bed. Well, I mean, as far as box office goes, it may it, it cost two hundred million. I'm sure it cost more than that. Two hundred million dollars, um, and then. Uh, now, usually you do about 75% for marketing. So roughly, let's say $350 million. And the movie made $371 million worldwide. Yeah, that's uh, not good. That is, and that's what bankrupted the Halcyon Company. Yeah, I think I read that, that, that well, they, they went bankrupt. And then uh, the who where the rights go after that? They went to... Um... So then the rights were in the air for a while. They were. They were. They were. Well, because they, according to Wikipedia, there was a plan for a trilogy of these things. So I was going to get to that later. Uh, yeah, there was. A, there was plans to have a trilogy of these bad boys, but when Halcyon filed for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy, it was basically an open offer for anybody. They asked for ten million dollars. Initially, Joss Whedon offered them ten thousand dollars. <laughs> that was the only offer, uh, like uh, out of, out of his pocket, just like I got it in my wallet. You want it? Yeah, that was the only. <laughs> that was the only offer that they had. Eventually, it was sold to a hedge fund. Uh, everyone loves those Pacific core. And then eventually they were sold, basically bounced around for a while till it landed back over at, uh, at Paramount, Paramount rights, which is when they eventually rebooted it for Terminator Genesis, which have you seen that? I have. I'll talk about that. I want to talk about that a little bit after we get. Okay. All right. I didn't know if we were going to get into those sequels. Cause I, I've read the plots. That's it. That's all I know. I know they, they get wild. Okay. Yeah. They get buck, buck wild. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is the, how this movie started. Now let's talk about how it went. You want to just read like, like the actual movie itself or the production? Yeah, let's talk about the actual movie. Because then okay. I think after we talk about the movie, we'll talk about the infamous Christian Bale. Okay, all right. I, we got to talk about it at some point. Um, but the okay then. So from the opening credits, my first thought, I literally wrote it down, uh, was, "Who boy, how gray is this movie going to be? I wrote that down three separate times watching this movie. This is the grayest movie I've ever seen. I also wrote that. I wrote down. I think the editor fell asleep on the saturation button. It's well, so desaturated. It just, it's the gray, grim, bleak, and it just looks terrible. It really does. It's like why did like you can make a dark, gritty film like McGee credited one of his inspirations for the film with The Road, which looks wait oh oh inspiration okay I was like he made The Road no, like oh no it's inspiration, inspiration. No. okay yeah The Road great with Viggo Mortensen was like that movie looks great while being dark and bleak. Um, I mean that that that's a great that's a great post apocalypse because it yeah. it is so depressing. Yeah, right. That so, is the most depressing apocalypse I can think of off the top of my head. All right, so the movie opens with the just a generic like machine making noise. Like that's just the opening oh, credits. Oh, I, I thought I, I thought I was watching a Matrix movie. That's like, what it looked like. To I was me. like, I was like, remember like the original X? Like I was like, nobody does credits like this anymore. No, nah, man. Like it, like the 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 cheesy opening credits is such a such a remnant of the early 2000s you know like when they had the cg that could start doing it yeah like what i think of the x-men is a great great example great example the one i always think of is the sam raimi trilogy yeah sam raimi where it's just like but at least those have the benefit of a great score 
And oh, like, Danny Elfman, my boy. And actually interesting. What's actually happening in the credits is actually interesting to look at. Oh, no. Danny Elfman did this music. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Danny Elfman, no. <laughs> Danny Bob, no. We just praise you. Damn it. So I wrote that down. And then we get the opening cr- scene of Marcus Wright, a.k.a. Sam Worthington, talking to the cancer as hell in the bottom Carter about donating his body this, to science. This scene was so wild. It was so dumb. It was... Like, like, like the whole concept is that, he, like, okay, so I, I, I mean, you and I have consumed some, some sci-fi in our time. You know, like, the whole idea of, like, prisoner on death row getting put into, you know, a brain scanning program. Pretty, pretty done in sci-fi, I pretty would say. Not, not, you know. I'm like, I'm, it's one of, the, it's like, it's fine. Like, I'm okay with the cliche if it's to justify the memes, right? Right, exactly, exactly. I was like, that's just but how the, he gets there, and then we'll go from there. But we then, gotta talk about this kiss, dude. And then he's like... What what do you say? I want to kiss, and you're like, what? Yeah, I was like, what? Wait, what? And then, do you remember? Do you remember the line he says after they kiss? What What did he say? He he they kiss. So again, Helena Bonham Carter, who uh, who is the uh, uh, she's like making this brain scanning thing that eventually turns into you know part of Cyberdyne or whatever and Skynet. Um, she is dying. She is she has terminal cancer. Yeah. They kiss, and he says, "Huh? So that's what death tastes like." Yeah. Fuck oh. off! Like this oh. is the first thirty seconds. Fuck off. And they're like, "Oh," and the thing is, too, they never even tell you what he did to be put on death row, which it, it's just it's, well, it's like a it, you know, there's a throwaway line in the beginning where he's like, um. Uh, two cops and my brother are dead because of me. He says that. It's like, all right, so vague. I did a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Moving and, on. And you're like, okay, well, maybe this could be a redemptive arc for him or something, you know? Uh, nope. I guess. Okay. I don't know. Then after that, we get the title drop and directed by Mick G. And then, dun, 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 dun. And then we get text crawling out explaining everything else that's happened. So I wrote down, there are three openings to this movie so far before we get to the movie. And like I'm waiting for a I'm waiting for a Star Wars title crawl to come up at some point. I know. Like why not? Let's do it. Then we finally get to some you know generic space action. I'll say it doesn't look terrible. I I disagree. I think the CG's awful in this movie. Uh, no, I think I was just saying like the actual practical effects stuff they do in it are pretty good. Uh, well, I, I would agree to a certain point. Whenever there's a practical Terminator, it looks like a fucking toy. I gotta say, but like. I pre- I will always say practical over over CGI, but like I personally think the CGI looks terrible in this movie. I know, especially when you look back at Terminator Two or Terminator One, and like those look better from thirty years ago. Practical is where it's at, man. Eighties pra- There's nothing better than eighties practical effects. They're so good and creative. because no matter what, it's still real. I, absolutely, there's something different about having something real in front okay. of you. On the so screen, then we have but... a generic just action sequence with Christian Bale. Yeah. Well, uh, like I will say that like the long t- there's like a long take that happens uh, where he gets into a chopper and then the chopper eventually crashes. Was it supposed to be artistic? Because it wasn't. I wrote great. down. I wrote that down. Like, G-, G was definitely super proud of that shot. He f- he felt really proud of that. <laughs> shot. <laughs> he was like, it's like that's that's why people are gonna think I'm a great action director. Okay, so then it's one of those just like action for action sake sequences. You have no idea what's going on. It's boring. It's like ye- it's very yelly. This might be one of the yelliest movies we ever watched, and that's including X Men Origins Wolverine. Yes, we we literally have that on on record somewhere. Is uh, you have that? Like we got to compare our takes to it. But um, I wrote down this is from much later in the movie. Um, 
I want I want to know uh, how what percentage of this movie is people yelling into radio receivers? It's a yeah, lot of this a movie. A lot of this movie is screaming into a radio. It, um, it's it, like how many times does John Connor yell into a radio receiver? Like yeah. that's what it is. I, yeah. Well, I'll, I want to get into that criticism in just a second. So there's a character named Jericho in this, which there is. Uh, yeah, there he says like get him to Commander Jericho. And I was like, okay. I only brought oh, wait, up... is that is that the Jack Nicholson ripoff in the sub? No, it is not. Okay, it's, it's different. So okay. I want to, so we play a game of D&D where my character's name is Jericho. I wrote that, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. I'll talk about Kevin with that. Then I looked into the trivia. There was an entire sequence with Terry Crews playing Captain Jericho. That's right, because I thought that was Terry Crews. Yes, and it was entirely cut out. It's only visible in one scene as a dead body left in the aftermath of the battle. He got Matthew Foxed? He got Matthew Foxed. Oh my god! I, I oh my! I'm so glad that you said this because I watched this last night. I thought that was Terry Crews, and I was like, I, I thought about going back, and I was like, "There's no way that was Terry Crews," and I just kept going. Holy shit! Terry freaking Crews. So Terry Crews is the brother of Common. That's hilarious. Yeah, which, which again, you only would notice you listen really hard to throwaway dialogue. So then Christian Bale fucks off to back to the base on a helicopter. And then we get another transition I wrote was like, McGee was very proud of this transition of day gray into night rain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the, it was like the, uh, it was like a, what was it, like a time lapse? That's what it felt yeah, like. Yeah, not even time lapse, because it's just like literally a pan. He pans over and time, I mean, moves, I guess, but it's not a time, it's a, it was an interesting choice. And, you know, just a muddy, naked, no peen showing, because it's PG-13, God forbid they made this R. Uh, it, it, there was there were like three shots that I was like, eh, there could have been a PP there, but uh, nope. Uh, and then Marcus Wright's just yelling in the rain, takes up takes the clothes, and you're like then then we go back to the helicopter and what might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Where oh that are you talking about the jump? Yeah, Christian Bale's John Connor just jumps into the ocean, and then we cut to him inside a submarine. <laughs> that, was, that was so fuck wild. Oh my god. Well, do you think that was done in reshoots? Because there's like. How do we explain how he's in the sub? We don't have a shot of him getting into the sub. I, have, I don't know. Because, again, it implies he jumped into the water, swam to the submarine, and then got in while the submarine was still underwater. Yeah, man. That was wild. <laughs> that was, that's not, First of all, you can't do that. in a, like That's not how subs work. You can't get into them while they're underwater. I wrote down, we're 13 minutes into this, and I now understand why Christian Bale was so pissed off. Yeah, okay. So that actually is in my notes later on. Um he looked. He looked like he had no fun making this movie. He did not. I'm going to get to this in just a second when we get to the 20 yes. minute mark. Okay. Okay. So I wrote down. We get Michael Ironside, uh, not Kurtwood Smith, because those two are the same actor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> same guy playing generic Colonel McCurnell, who tells John Connor what to do. I just wrote down. He's Diet Jack Nicholson. He's he's like he, he's like uh, uh, um, what's his like uh, uh, fucking. Uh, Sam Neill to uh, to Harrison Ford is him to Jack Nicholson. Like yeah, that's who it is. That that's very fair. Uh, then we get a te- bunch of terribly eighty yard exposition. Just brilliant. Just, Great. just just terrible. I wrote down this movie expects you to know everything about the Terminator franchise while it itself knows nothing about the Terminator franchise. Dude, I I couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely, they're just like they're expecting you to fill in the plot holes. We get some Linda Hamilton cameo through audio of him listening to the past. Yeah, because he's listening to, like, tapes, right? Yeah, he's listening to the tapes, which I think is an uncredited cameo for Linda Hamilton. She wants nothing to do with this. Linda <laughs> Hamilton, who said before Dark Fate came out, is like, yeah, everything after the second one's pretty bad. 
Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Dark Fate, but... Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see Dark Fate. We'll put it on Cut to list. us watching Dark Fate. Yeah, cut to us. Like a, we roll, roll for it right now. <laughs> All right, so the 20-minute mark is a scene with Christian Bale and Bryce Dallas Howard. And who the, I did not know was in this movie at yes, all. Uh, yeah, who was f- pregnant during filming this. And if you look, uh, well, she's supposed to be playing a pregnant character, so it works out. But yeah. There, but there are scenes where she's clearly very pregnant and clearly just got pregnant. <laughs> like, wow. Like I never the, even, I did, well, yeah, okay, yep, all right. Good. And there's one where she's definitely not pregnant. Um, but I wrote down, dude, I did enough detective to work to figure out the 20-minute mark is where the Christian Bale blow-up is. Oh, okay. Like, cause I so the the Christian Bale blow up, which we played earlier. Thank you for your your brilliant audio. Hard um, to find, actually. What? It's hard to find. It's not. It's just like on YouTube, as you think. I get it. I get it, dude. So, what is the scene? What is the scene where it happens? So it's just a generic. Uh, he has to give like a speech to the uh, the troops. Like I'm John Connor. I'm blah, 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 while also getting comforted by Bryce Dallas Howard. While also practicing his Batman voice. While doing Batman voice, for, which explains why it's so fucked up in Rises. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and during the scene, uh, the, people don't understand it. Uh, a, a, the DP, uh, Shane, Shane Hurtless, is in the background. He's like, when you're shooting something, you know, there's the camera, which the actor's talking into. And then usually there's a, people behind the camera doing stuff. And if you're ever on a film set, you're quiet, you're patient, you're waiting for the director to call cut and the actor to finish the scene. And Shane Hurlbut is fucking around with the lights. So you see the light in the background of that scene, the lights are flickering on and off back, like in the background behind Bryce. Oh, Dallas you Howard. can see it in the cut. Yeah. You can see, well, you can't see him, but you see that the lights, he was clearly the working lights. on yeah, yeah, yeah. to get him to look a certain way for that scene. And that's what gets Christian Bale to fucking go off on this guy. Yeah. And it's like three. Is it like five minutes long? It is four minutes long. Ooh. Uh, Bail. And here and here it is. Enjoy. Kick your fucking ass! I want you off the fucking set, you prick! Sorry. No, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. The the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip that? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want? No, no. Don't shut me up. Am I gonna walk around and rip your fucking lights down? In the middle of a scene, then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, uh, da 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 da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? Hey, it's fucking distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the fucking scene. What don't you get about it? I was looking at the light. Oh, good for you. And how was it? I hope it was fucking good because it's useless now, isn't it? Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. I'm trying to fucking do a scene here, and I'm going, why the fuck is Shane walking in there? What is he doing there? Do you understand my mind is not in the scene if you're doing that? Stay off the fucking set, man. For fuck's sake. Right, let's go again. Let's not take a fucking minute. Let's go again! And let's not have you fucking walking in. I'm not asking, I'm telling you. You wouldn't have done that otherwise. I'm gonna fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? I'm gonna go. Do you want me to go fucking trash your lights? Do you want me to fucking trash them? Then why are you trashing my scene? You are trashing my scene. 
You do it one more fucking time, and I ain't walking on this set if you're still hired. I'm fucking serious. You're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. But I don't fucking cut it when you're bullshitting and fucking around like this on set. Yeah, you might get it. He doesn't fucking it. Get, I it. I get it. You might. I get it. He does not get it. And good adjustments, okay? For real. Honestly, I get it. Walk for five seconds. For no, five I don't seconds. need any fucking walking. He needs to stop walking. I get that. I ain't the one walking. Let's get Tom and put this back on. Let's go again. Seriously, man, you and me, we're fucking done professionally. The thing that gets me every time is the oh yeah, it's so funny to me. I know it, that's the thing is like if this didn't happen though, this entire film would just be forgotten to the annals of history. It would be well, you know, I I, I think I think it's nothing. I think the film is nothing. It's just a nothing burger. It, there's nothing there. You it, know, it, it really isn't. It's just a pointless. I, I'm film. so sorry for rolling this floor. It's my fault. It is I'm your so fault. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin and I play a lot of D&D together, too. And this he is my always, favorite color die. It's and, betrayed us. And he only beefs his rolls. He's never... Oh, he, that is not true, my friend. That well, is not true. Up until recently, but you usually... You always beef your first roll. I, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would argue I still do beef my rolls because the only thing I wanted to do in this past session was fail one roll so I could level up, and I never did. <laughs> You just you can't you're like the Jets you can't even fail correctly. Oh my, that's exactly what I am. I am the Jets of powered by the apocalypse systems. Uh, it, it, precisely. So Woof. yeah, so this the, the dialogue. It's just you know Christian Bale in hindsight was in the right. Yeah, 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 uh, uh, yeah. In, in hindsight, it, it absolutely uh, his and like you know he's he's apologized to the guy. They said they worked it out. I don't know how true that is, but like you know I'm sure they at least talked about it and like. Yeah, he, 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 it was an overreaction. It absolutely was. But the reason it happened was legit, right? Because you've worked on movie sets before, right? I have. I've worked on a number of movie sets before. And listen, things are. I've worked. I never worked. The biggest budget I worked on was Uncut Gems. And that was about $8 million. And I was terrified every second of that shoot. Hell yeah, I can have told, only I'm imagine. Like, <laughs> because I'm like, I don't want to lose anybody $8 million. To the event, potentially lose someone $200 million. I can't even imagine what that pressure is like. Uh, especially and then especially when you're working on a movie that you know is also bad yeah like that's that's the other thing is like you know i think i mentioned earlier but like christian bale's just having no fun this whole yeah, time he does you can not, just tell yeah it's just it's just so boring it's just that's like like he's not he has to just yell and shout this entire time the intensity is too much like that's the thing is if you're gonna criticize the entire terminator franchise is that it's so it's too serious as a whole he's like but like, at least the Terminator one and two, they they are they know how to be have fun with all the seriousness. Well, I was just gonna say, I was like, I feel like Terminator one and two have some light moments that are funny, like, yeah. um, like, like, but this one is so just like, oh, in the second one when like he's teaching yeah. the Terminator like slang, that's hilarious. Yeah, when he teaches him right? hasta la vista, baby, and then that becomes yeah. iconic, right? And my thing too is just like, yeah, like this is this is the problem with the with the Batman Begins effect. Because in 2005, Batman Begins reboots the the you know Batman, and it's a massive hit. And they also do the same thing with Casino Royale, massive hit, dark and gritty, dark and gritty. And then everyone's like, "Well, everything's gonna be a dark and gritty reboot now." Up until about the Amazing Spider-Man, when they realize, "Oh, not everything should be dark and gritty. Some characters are light and fun." Mm-hmm. And it turns out the main reason people like characters when they're dark and gritty is if it suits the character. Right. Exactly. And like here's like John Connor can be dark and gritty, but the entire Kyle Reese doesn't have to be. Uh, the other random schmoes don't have to be. 
Yeah, a better movie would have had Kyle Reese as the main character, but um, that uh, that would require Anton Yelchin to be the main character, and the studios were never going to do that. Or, I don't know, have Sam Worthington be the main character. Yeah, I mean, you he kind of is, but he definitely isn't. Yeah, I mean, listen, Sam Worthington's career has not worked out the way anybody wanted. <laughs> I think he made a good amount of money. Oh, and also, the money. They, they haven't, are they filming all four of the sequels right now He's to Avatar? He's got three sequels to Avatar he's been working on for like 18 months. Oh, my God. That movie, well, I guess we have to do Avatar one day. Who 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 okayed four at once? Th- that was Fox before the, the purchase of Disney was final. Like, oh, James, Disney was like, oh, you motherfuckers. James Cameron got that in <laughs> so under the wire. <laughs> he got it right at the waiver wire. Like, like that was eleven fifty nine on the waiver like, wire. The contracts have been signed. We're in New Zealand filming. Good luck. You lose money now if you don't gamble on me succeeding like, again. See ya, bye. Bye. All right, we'll do Avatar one day. All right, so let's get back into the movie. So then, at the uh, twenty two minute mark is when we meet Anthony Elton's uh, Kyle Reese, and and that, that's where Marcus Wright is just walking through downtown L.A., which actually just looks like, looks like they got what L.A. looks like today, accurate at least. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a mess. Uh, and yep. then I wrote down like, why didn't the movie just start here? Yeah, that would have been a good. That would have been a good jumping off point for sure. Um, you know, like it, that story is a little more interesting because I don't know. Like the most of this movie is just you know we talked about already. A lot of it is John Connor yelling into radios. Um, a lot of it is just him and his, I guess, strike team hanging out in a military base grumbling grumbling and doing nothing and it's waiting like, for something just, to happen just, just common just hanging out yep and, and this 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 story of them in the you know it, like in the apocalypse becoming survivors and and, and like everything it, it's not well done it's not but it's more interesting than the other stuff it just made me want to watch fury road yeah right a way better That's version what, of a post-apocalypse which is right is dark but also it's fun to watch and, oh gosh, and that's a ten. All, that's our current ten, I think. Yeah, right? it is our current ten. So we roll that. We get to watch that next. So knock on when we get that. Um, but yeah, like so. Then then Christian Bale just fucks off for about thirty minutes. Of this movie as we hang out with uh, Marcus, Kyle Reese, and young kid that doesn't talk for some reason. Okay, I got to bring up this gas station scene. We don't need to go into depth on this gas station scene where they meet survivors and like whatever. It doesn't matter. That scene means nothing. But right, I got to talk about the fact that. At least twice, I want to say three times in this movie, scenes are just interrupted by a character getting sucked out of the ceiling by a robot arm. Just a gigantic (laughs) harvester, which looks terrible, by the way. The CGI looks awful. And then for a two hundred million dollar movie, it looks terrible. Um, But like, how do they not hear it coming? Only not only the little deaf girl somehow is able to hear it coming. (laughs) I thought she said she was deaf. Ah, fuck off. I don't know. She, yeah, she's she, probably ah, whatever. Deaf. <laughs> Is that the studio exec like just like chopping on a cigar on the on the, yeah, on the set? Like We're fuck off. So I don't much care. money off this, you see. It just it was really funny to me just watching like a fucking prize grabber come down to grab these people at least twice, maybe three times throughout this movie. I know. And Always here's the funny. thing too is like. The T so what makes T one and T two so well is the T eight hundred and T one thousand are such legitimate threats. Like, you cannot stop these things. You can just run they're, away. It, it, they're humanoid. Like, they're human-sized, yeah. but, like, they're unstoppable. Right? Yeah, that's they're the unstop- point. And that's what makes them so scary. Like, this thing, right. you shoot it, it doesn't stop it. You burn it, it doesn't stop it. And it just keeps coming. 
And then there's all these other Terminators just mopping around. And I'm like, they seem pretty beatable. And I get that you can make the argument that it's a prequel, so the T-800 and T-1000 haven't been invented yet. I but, guess. Like, also, if the humans are supposed to be losing this war, it's kind of lame. Well, I, I, it brings up a point that I wanted to bring up real quick. It's just internally inconsistent because in the very opening scene of the movie, right, the helicopter lands on a Terminator, John Connor gets out and shoots it in the head. And then several times throughout, the in the next scene, even, but throughout the rest of the movie, they try to shoot Terminators and they're suddenly bulletproof. I know. Well, that's it's just, just very inconsistent. This is the big, one of the biggest problems of the movie, is they turn Terminators into zombies. Yeah, that, I, I guess so. Yeah, especially, well, also, isn't it in, I think it's Terminator 2, but I, I don't know for sure. There's a scene where it shows the future and they've got lasers. Right, isn't that happened? Now they all just have fucking inaccurate ass miniguns. Like that's what they have. Pretty much, like, yeah. That was such a weird, insane choice. But then, all right, then we get that long extended action sequence of them just fucking fucking around, and like, then we got another. Fine. I got another uh, ugh, bad fan service of Kyle Reese one arm pumping the shotgun, and you're like, dude, like, I didn't pick up on that. I'm glad you picked up on that. I did not. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, fine, but also like, it's badass because. Linda Hamilton does it because one of her arms is paralyzed. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, right. that's why in T2, it's like, the Terminator fucking is beating her, and she's giving her last ounce of strength to fucking pump in this shotgun to buy seconds mm. for, for her family. And like, I just the escape. And then, so then, little deaf girl and Kyle Reese get taken, which... By, which by she, another prize grabber or whatever, I don't by, know. By the thing. And then that, Sam... That, that thing reminded me of the... Uh, of the of the scene from, uh, uh, I was about to say Terminator 2. No, the scene from uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones where they're in the, the uh, uh, where C-3PO's getting taken through the factory. Like, it reminded is, me of that flying thing. That's what it looked like. That's exactly the same thing. Yeah, it probably was an unused sketch they just re, re, recycled. But yeah, then Marcus Wright, Sam Wright, does the dumbest thing in the world where he jumps onto the ship with an axe to try and pry it open while it's flying at least 200, 200 feet in the air. And you're like, yep. where, where are you going to go? <laughs> where are you going to, like, how are you, like, you're in the ship. Also, why is, why is he doing any of this? Like, he has no motivation to care for these people. Like, it's one thing. I thought he was a bad person. Yeah. And it's one thing, too, if you establish. All right, so I want to get to this next point. I'm just going to roll together. He then gets flung off the thing and then does the funniest skipping across the water I'd seen. In the oh, my God, I wrote it down. Holy shit, that was so funny. Oh my god, he hits he hits the water and like I I guess that's our first hint that he's really a terminator. He fucking gets bodied into the water. Holy sh he's a fucking ragdoll. Just ragdolled. And then he stumbles upon uh Moon Bloodgood, whose name in the movie is Blair Williams. <laughs> and the actual actress's name is Moon Bloodgood. And they went with Blair Williams. And they I'm like, <laughs> just let her be Moon Bloodgood. Or something like because uh, I think they tried to lean into, I'm assuming, her Native American heritage, right? Like, I, I with the eye so. makeup and everything, I right? assume so. I hope so. Maybe. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's rare Native Americans get representation on screen. No, yeah, never. And I'm like, no, that could have been good. But nope, she's just nope. Blair Williams. Nope, nope. nope. They Random wrote that generic, for a white girl. Terribly they wrote that for a white girl. Woman, who then he hands her a knife and she cuts herself free to then fall to, 30 like, feet. Fall like her... 30 feet. <laughs> and like... And then he catches her, and he's like, she's like, let me go. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I, lo I love just, just having to pause and be like, oh, fuck. God, all right. God, God damn like, it. We're, we're about an hour, the hour mark, right, about this point anyways. 
And it's just so stupid. So then they rejoin up together. And I'm like, okay, if you want to make it that moon blood good <laughs> and has a thing for Marcus Wright, fine. Sam Rutherford is a handsome fella. Yep. Why not just have her and Kyle Reese be working together and then they discover this guy? And that way you have more reason for her to be like, at least she spends more time with him than like 30 minutes. That she oh, has. she, I wrote down, she gets introduced like an hour into the movie, an right? Like it's, movie. it's way into the movie. And because then later in the movie, when she frees him, it's like, you guys bonded over nothing. At least if you start them together. I couldn't agree more. I wrote down that their, their transition, her transition to betraying the cause and also then being forgiven like 30 seconds later was in the span of 15 minutes. Yeah, so fucking stupid. And you're like, okay. Because then we get to a bunch of just random fucking rednecks who attack them. In a scene that there was a deleted... So I want to get into the deleted scene. There's the stupidest deleted scene I've ever seen in my entire life that I watched. It was like, deleted scenes. Where in which it's that same exact rain sequence, except for some reason she takes off her shirt. <laughs> That's it? That's the only difference? That's the only difference is that she's now naked and then just like holds her tits while looking at, at Sam Worthington. And then she hears a thing and it puts the top back on. Cool. And you're like, I guess they were trying to make it rated R at some point, but you're like, that okay. That feels that feels bad. Um, I wrote down that scene. The only thing that stood out to me was, did you hear one of the what what the one of the rednecks said as they were catching her? We caught us a donkey. <laughs> Fuck you. That's a terrible line. I love it. I gave them the Gotham fatsos. That is appropriate. I, I actually struggled. I could not come up with a Gotham City fatso, but that's it. You're absolutely right. That's it. If you haven't listened, don't understand what the Gotham City fatso is. Our other podcast, which you can listen to on the Big Berry podcast feed, where yep. we watched all of Gotham, where we discovered it. in the city of Gotham City, there's always just a giant fat weirdo. So we call them Gotham City fatsos, which we are now applying to this podcast. Yep. We will find one in all, every film we watch. I don't care how hard it always. takes. Even if there's not one, there's someone who has fatso energy. Okay. And then I wrote down. Always. I wrote down, man, I understand why women hate how women are written on screen. Because she's supposed to be a badass survivor woman who, right. who takes down these rednecks with the help of the Terminator, right? And then afterwards, she feels the need to cuddle up to this man for safety. <laughs> no, no, for warmth. For, for warmth. warmth. And, might I add, yep. she's next to a fire. A fire. That is hot. Yes. <laughs> she goes away from the fire. To be in the arms of a man, it it doesn't make any it, sense. It is I'm so bad. On so, so again, the physical executive's like, we need more romance. Yep, <laughs> we need more. We gotta tickle their balls with a little romance. Yeah, look at this hot chick with this hot man. Um, I uh, I wrote down in this scene somewhere in here, uh, first of several times that uh, uh Sam Worthington uh, the accent slips a little bit. I wrote that the accent really starts to slip in the second half of the film. In the second half of the movie, there's a lot of, like, I'm not a good guy. It's like, well, oh, hey, uh, Sam Worthington. Hey, hey, hi, Sam Worthington. Glad you got, got a nice paycheck and a nice house out of this. I, I, I think, I honestly think he's probably doing fine. Oh, I, I bet. I think he's doing, <laughs> because he got this and Clash of the Titans and, like, two other films off Avatar. Yep, yep, Avatar, like, because he's a bankable star. Yeah, well. Quote, air quotes. He had one. No, no, he's not. Was, he's not a bankable star. What I mean is that he was in the number one movie of all time for nine years, and they they assumed. Yeah, and they assumed right. everyone loves this guy, even though most of the movie he's blue. They also assumed that they wanted four sequels to it. <laughs> no one wanted those. No one wanted those movies, and we're never. I probably won't watch them. Probably, but I also will. So uh, I also I also got to ask, why are the machines taking prisoners? I guess the idea was that's how they're experimenting with the skin to make for the T eight hundreds. 
Okay. That I is mean, my like, I think there's some throwaway line from like a hacker character in the beginning of the, of the movie that might explain that, but like, just felt kind of like, why are they doing this? Yeah. Like, I feel like if their mission is just to wipe out humanity, just kill them. But like, yeah, that's my I mean, guess is that, that like they're using them for experiments is my guess, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Then we finally get back to John Connor. Who Which is- this is the first scene, by the way. I don't know about you. The first scene he comes back in this is the first time I thought to myself, I wart. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's a shot of him r- like right on his face. Yeah. And I was his- like, oh, fuck, there it is. Because he has a giant eye wart. <laughs> right yeah, about his his right close-ups eye. from the right are never a good idea. When Phil- like, Okay, so then he's with Common for some reason. Uh, yeah, I-, I love Common. Where like, was Common? I love all Common of, so Basically, much. all of Common's dialogue was clearly added after the movie was shot. Oh, he he has my favorite throwaway line, which is uh, when they're using that fake signal, which I think happens now, right? Do they use the the signal now? No. Yeah, that's when they're testing the signal on the the signal that could wipe out Terminators, which is just a MacGuffin. So they're testing out this signal, and it works, supposedly. And they they crash a plane and then destroy the plane, whatever, just needless action sequence. And they get back into the truck. And Connor is like again screaming into a, 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 a radio receiver. He's like, "Wait, there's people in there. We have to go save them." And Common just goes, "Huh?" Gives <laughs> this like, like, "Huh?" Like that's just so. so he gives funny. this expository dialogue too of, "This is Skynet's Valley of Death. We've never been here before." It's like, "Thanks for the update, there, Common." Yeah, we all know that probably. <laughs> okay, then we go back to. Th- Moon, Bloodgood, and and Sam Worthington walking back to the base, and he steps on a mine like an idiot. <laughs> no, 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 no. He doesn't step on it. It magnetizes to his leg because okay. he's a Terminator. That's right. Okay. Yes. And then, but he's also a goobus. So yeah. Then big explosion. Uh I also write like now if you're writing a good movie, now is when you explore his backstory of why he was a criminal. Like during during like a he's knocked out. You could it's an ample time to go into some of the backstory, but this is not a good. It's just random flashes of nonsense. There, there's there. This was the point. This exact sequence was the part of the movie I wrote down. I swear to God, if there's a cyber HBC, I I quit. And that's Helena Bonham Carter. I was right, and I quit. Yep. Well, thankfully that's the end. I also wrote down how much did they spend on the rain budget in this movie. There was a lot of needless rain scenes that, like, I thought it was the apocalypse after a nuclear war. I thought it was like, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Here's where a lot more reshoots clearly happened. So I wrote down, how did John Connor get back to the main base if he's supposed to be in Sacramento and they're in L.A.? Uh, oh, oh, the distances make no sense in this movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wrote down, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> then we get the dialogue of them interrogating him as he's revealed he's the Terminator. He has a Terminator. Which uh, this this is the closest that Batman or that the Batman that Christian Christian Bale accidentally slips into Batman. He goes like, "What are you? What are you?" Um, I said this is where Sam Worthington just abandons his accent altogether. Bryce Dallas Howard. It, it, it's still, funny how the, as the movie goes on, he gives up on it. It's amazing how that happens for so many actors. I wrote down Bryce Dallas Howard, barefoot and pregnant, and nothing to do in this movie. That's good. <laughs> that that's male writing for you. Yep, she's here to be pregnant. That's her. Uh, I wrote down, dumb, dumb, the dumb. This movie is dumb, dumb, the dumb. <laughs> nice, nice, very good, very good. That's about that's about the quality of writing for this movie. Good job, good job. Uh, this is the this is this is where they rally to the final part. Where yeah, this isn't like fucking. We need to get to the third act. Right, the third act is they're about to go. Uh, they they think the signal works. The twist is that it doesn't. Spoilers. Um, it was all it was all a trap. Which all right, fine, cool. Um, and 
this is the part where the army is like gonna go bomb Cyberdyne and like shut down the, the Terminators. But John Connor goes on the radio and is like, again, screaming into a radio. He's like, "Hey, I need time to go save these people and my dad, who's not my dad yet, but will be. Don't worry about it. Time travel's weird." And then, and then it works for some reason. And uh, this is the part of the movie where he's going to go get on to go you know, steal a motorbike and go drive. Well, I remember them first, All- first, there's like the just weird. They're in the water and he lets them go for some reason. Oh fight. yeah, that happens first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a weird scene. I wrote down just terrible. That's just because Moon Bloodgood breaks him out, breaks out Sam Worthington. Yeah, I you know it was it was a pretty generic action set piece. Lots of explosions. Like, lots of right, it was always practical, right? Yeah, I thought it looked fine. I was like. Oh, actually, like a, uh, it would have been a cool short film of a Terminator, like a bunch of underwater Terminators going through a swamp. Like, that'd be like, oh, that, that seems like, the, that's why I wrote down, like, this is 12 short films put together. Interesting idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the reason, the reason I bring up, like, the next scene where he's going to go into the third act is, uh, this is where he goes to get on, you know, steal the motorbike. And he turns and, and she asks, what, what, what do I say if they ask about you? And he says, I'll be back. I audibly booed. I wrote down boo with like three lines, like boo. Boo, bitch. I wrote down like, oh, please end this movie already. Uh, now, for some reason, Marcus gets completely healed by Skynet. The fact that his skin was blown off. They just have excess skin lying around. Gross. Because like, all right, so did you ever watch Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Never once. Okay. Pretty good, actually. Pretty good. And in it, they, they establish as to why this, they can, like, put skin back on after it's blown off. And it's terrible. It's, like, it's really just because it's cheap for the budget. I'm like, why not? You already spent $200 million on this. Just have him look like a Terminator the rest of the movie. All right. Then we finally get uh, the un- completely unnecessary. I, I love that. Like, all right. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right. We got to rally the end of this so we can keep getting to the other stuff. All right. I wrote down a completely unnecessary Arnold CGI monster. Although it didn't look that bad. It really doesn't. It's actually, I think, the best effect of the whole movie. Yeah, and that's where they spend all the money, and that's why they immediately blow it up and make it just a T-800. <laughs> yeah, for the record, that was so unnecessary. Yeah. Right? Well, it's because they're like, oh, everyone, Arnold is the Terminator, and he is. I want to get to that in my final wrap-up thoughts just to get through this fucking thing. Yeah. All right, so they fight. Uh, John Connor gets stabbed through the chest. Uh, he gets oh, his... wait, but before we get there, I have one thing I want to bring up from this sequence. That's it. One thing. I promise. We're almost there. It was, there's a scene where he's going through all the prisoners as they're escaping. First of all, what transport? He came on a motorbike, right? So that doesn't make any sense. But I think there was some rewrites, but it doesn't matter. Um, so he's yelling at people to, to go. And then the little the little girl, right, Star or whatever her name is, is just staring at him. And he screams at her. <laughs> he just yells, you, move. Oh, God. It was like so, like, I bet the girl was like, oh, okay, fuck, geez. Okay, cry. Like. That was so funny to me how how loud he yelled that. Yeah, oh like, my god! Like that was him not acting, just screaming at a young devil. I think he was so mad. He is so salty about this movie. Okay, and then for some reason, all right. So in the fight, like Marcus gets fucked up by a Terminator because he like, but, like Christian Bale still wouldn't give a fuck about him. No, like just suddenly like, oh, I guess I trust you now. So this is where we get to the end. He gets his scars, and then oh no, John Connor's gonna die, and he's like, he needs a heart. He can have mine. <laughs> so stupid. And moving. So, all right. That's, oh, that's... The, the line has said that his heart is giving out, and all I could think of was, um, he, he's lost the will to live. 
That's exactly. all it made me think of. It was Christian Bale does not want to come back for these. So that brings me into the most important thing about this movie is, do you know that, that was this was not the original ending? Oh, that makes total sense because this ending is buck wild that they could just do heart surgery in the middle of the desert. In the original ending, this is the planned uh, 2008, and then the script leaked and nerds went nuts. The leaked ending is John Connor dies. Right, so now we're in a different timeline. We're in a different timeline. The idea was to establish that because of the events of Terminator 2, the timeline's completely altered. And it's a new timeline altogether to make it all make sense, I guess. And then the new thing was going to be is that they were going to remove Marcus's face and put John Connor's on it. And that it would be a Terminator-John Connor hybrid. Oh, that's better and worse. Yes. It's better because that's just face-off. Yeah. I want to take his face off. And yeah, exactly. And then the leader of the resistance would be the thing. But then the original original script that didn't even get to shooting was that they were going to do that. But then it's going to reveal he really was a sleeper cell the entire time for Skynet. And as John Connor murders Kyle Reese, murders his wife, kills the entire resistance, except for a small batch who have to then fight off a Terminator John Connor to set up the sequel. Where it'd be Christian. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of in only because of what we got. I'm I was in, in on it too because that's at least an interesting idea because it doesn't actually fuck with the originals that much. It would have made everyone mad. I and get it. but like, It would have. And that's because it got leaked online. And that was the yeah. version Christian Bale signed up for. That was ah, the version he so wanted. He didn't so then in the, the sequel, he could play the Terminator. Ah, okay. And that's what he wanted to do. And then the rewrites came in and fucked everything up. And that, yeah, that would have been the way, in my opinion, way at least more interesting fucking movie. Yeah, now we get to, now we get to end with uh, his, you know, he's losing the will to live, but they do magical heart transplant surgery, which, for the record, real heart transplant surgery takes like twenty four hours. Yeah, it, like, it's like there's a, a crazy team of surgeons because it's that difficult. But anywho, uh, so we get that, and then we get a voiceover at the end about being human. Yeah, which is just generic garbage. And that's the end of Salvation, thankfully. Oh, and it's dedicated to Stan Winston, who created the original Terminator effect, because he died during the making of this. Yeah, well, it wasn't well, dedicated to someone else, too. Yeah, someone else, too. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, that's about it on this movie. It's um, Bad. just general general thoughts. Yeah, I, I think. So here, here's, before we get to categories, I think something we should talk about every time is does this fit the score we originally gave it? I think a four is appropriate. I want to bump it down to a three, personally. I I'm, I think that's fair. I was the one who I gave it a four because I honestly only remembered like having some decent action in Christian Bale and the yelling. And I was like, oh, it's probably like a four in generic. Mm. This. And because you haven't seen Genesis, which I have, I think Genesis is better than this. I mean, I, I'm I'm again, I don't have an opinion on that one because I haven't seen it. From what I understand, Genesis is wild, but like, you know, has some interesting ideas, I guess. Yeah, well, no, not really. But Genesis at least has the uh, benefit of Arnold Schwarzenegger makes these movies. And mm. I, having watched this one, I'm like, yeah, Arnold makes all the other ones better. Like, mm. I haven't seen Dark mm. Fate. I guarantee it's better than this. I've seen Terminator 3. That's also bad. But guess what? Arnold's awesome in it. And, like, he, he just brings a character and ooze and, like, that weirdness to it, too, that just makes the movie I, I, you know, I said earlier in the podcast that I believe he's a bad actor. I stand by that, but, like, he's so goddamn charismatic, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, it's one of those things, like, he's just, he had, he may not be able to emote in certain ways or be different in any kind of ways, but he has just the presence about him that makes the movie work. Like, all the, which like, feels, which feels contradictory, but I don't think it is. Yeah. I, you know I, what I mean? I know. 
Like, he doesn't have a range, but he doesn't need one. No, you he, know what I mean? he doesn't. He doesn't need to be, like, this crazy... He also seems like just a genuinely really good dude, and, like, I think that's awesome, you know? No, I don't know. I wouldn't say... I thought his ex-wife would say he's a good dude, but... Mm. He's, I think he's just an interesting guy. Like he's a, you know, to quote the Bill Burr quote, he was an Australian bodybuilder who moved to America, became a movie star and governor of a state he can't even pronounce, and then married yeah. into American royalty and made and a self-made billionaire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah. And then he, and banging the maid in his own bed, that's a fucking layup. <laughs> it's a fucking layup. Oh, okay. God, what a good bit. Okay, that's the end of the recap. We talked about Gotham Fatso's. All right, Kevin, what would you say is the best scene of this movie? <laughs> I mean, so, okay, sometimes this will be easy, sometimes it'll be hard. This time was kind of hard because that was the thing I looked at, I thought about, it, and I was like, there's not a lot. But I would say the, um, the, 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 the Moto Terminators chasing them in the truck scene. I would also give it to that. Just, at least it's a solid, it, the CG looks good enough, the action's good enough, it's paced well enough, and it just kind of works. I'm, I'm and, it, and, and it was bright. It wasn't gray. gray. It, was, it was, I mean, less it was still, gray. It was still gray, but it was a bright gray. <laughs> yeah, it was a light gray as opposed to like dark, grim gray. Okay. You know. All right. Uh, worst scene of this movie. Oh boy. Um, <sighs> look at that. Oh my god. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna give it to the very first scene of the movie. You're gonna give it to the the the. the uh, that's, that's what, what death, death tastes, tastes like. like. That is a buck wild terrible scene. <sighs> that is really bad. What are you giving it to? Mm, that is. I'm trying to think. That's now you said that I wasn't originally thinking of it like that. I might have to give it to that too. It's really bad. It's but a bad scene. It doesn't make any sense. You know what? No, I I, I have to give it to. <laughs> I have to give it to the, the him screaming at the little girl. <laughs> <laughs> In this action sequence, it's like you're just Move! screaming Move! at this deaf girl. He's like, here's the thing, like bad action. Like you, it's just it's so generic and like. It makes me hurt. Like it just the movie just doesn't work at all with at all in that moment. Mm. Like because he's supposed no. to be the hero, it's kind. Like if he was able to like examine the moment and be like, "Girl, I need you to go." <laughs> just get out of here. <laughs> it's it's like I, I, I it's hard to describe the feeling he gave me yeah. with how he yelled it. It wasn't comforting. He doesn't feel like a protagonist. No, you know? he's not. He's just this dark animal. And it's because Christian Bale hated this movie. <laughs> he really, he really, really did. Who's the best actor in this movie? Um, Who gives the best performance? I guess we should. I really, I, I, I don't know your feelings on it. I got to give it to Anton Yelchin. He's the only one who tried. God damn it! You and I are too unsync sometimes. Yeah, he's, he's the only one who tried. I was right? like, he's, he's nice. Like that's why we both said like he should have been the lead of this movie. Like if if the story's about Kyle Reese, like like you tell like all right, it's the story of Marcus Wright and John Connor, but you tell it from Kyle Reese's perspective. That's interesting. It's also an interesting idea that a father watches is raised by his adult son. Yeah, I know. And so right, uh, that's, right. um, yeah, I give it to Anton Yelchin. Here's probably the more fun part. Who's the worst? I, I, got, I got a lot in here. Um, oh, you say yours first. You All say right. yours. I have four nominees. I got three. Okay. Let's, see, let's see which ones are in common. Number one is common. It's common. It's <laughs> common. It's like, but that's not his fault. He's just there. He's it just is fucking not, there. It is not his fault at all. I literally uh, gave it to him only because of that thing I mentioned earlier, where he's in the jeep. He just goes, huh? Like he's fucking, like he's fucking Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid dumb. Like. <laughs> Forrest Gump. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, number two, 
Christian Bale, actually. I think Christian he's, Bale, because he's not trying at This is all. the he's, worst performance I've ever seen him give in anything. He's a wonderful... Well, it's, he's, he's it one was our, a bad time. He's one of our greatest actors. I think definitely working today, but maybe even of all time. Like, he was, he was just having a bad time. He was having a bad time. Yeah, he did not enjoy this at all. Uh, number three, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Like, the accent is bad. Because he, he was just, fine up until the accent started to go. Which, like, I know movies aren't filmed in order, but it feels like it was. It did feel like it was. <laughs> and number four, uh, Moon Blood Good. Um, okay, fair enough. But defend it. Defend why it's terrible. She just, like, just that her choices as an actress are so weird. Because, like, she's like, she had, like it felt like she was literally getting direction in the moment from McGee. And she's just like, I guess I'll do that. And had no idea what to do with this character at all. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily fair her enough. fault, but also I watched this movie and it was bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. It, it didn't, she didn't make my list, but I think the point is fair. Look, no one, no one's bringing their A game to this. No, no one brought their A game. <laughs> all right, so who are we going to give this to? Worst actor from all of that? If I had to narrow it down, I'd give it between our two leads. I'd give it between Christian Bale and Sam Worthington. I was going to give it to Common. You're going to give it to Common? I just, like, I know it's a small part, but he's terrible in it. <laughs> Bad. And the Common's been good in stuff. He's good in John Wick, too. Oh, Common's great. I love Common. But, but like, in this, he was, he was bad. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fine. I mean, he was, he was, at the time, I mean, this is 2009. At the time, he was like, it's like, oh, Common's in this. Why? <laughs> okay. So, all right, having a little bit of final trivia. I've given a lot throughout this already, but a little bit of trivia. So, Helena Bonham Carter uh, replaced Tilda Swinton 10 days before filming. He was Tilda Swinton? That, that tracks, but, like... You you did a good job replacing Tilda Swinton. It's the same vibe. Yeah, it's the exact same vibe. But then she had to leave for three months because four of her family members died in a car crash two days into filming. Jesus Christ. Well, she was supposed to be in more of the movie? Yeah, she was supposed to be in a lot more of it, and they cut, cut her out. Was she supposed to be like a hologram? Like, who knows? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Or maybe she would have been like the like a Terminator, you know? Yeah, that, like, that I imagine just more flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. So when uh, Marcus, Kyle Reese, and... Deaf girl go to get a car. It's at the Griffith uh, Park Observatory, which in the original uh, 1984 is where the original Terminator arrives. Ah, cool. All right, nice. Let's see. They thought about it a little bit. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> uh, it as of 2010, it remains the most expensive independently financed movie studio uh, film of all time with 200 million dollars. Jesus, that's in 2009 bucks, baby. <laughs> Which is still expensive, but you know. Star has no dialogue and doesn't say anything throughout the movie due to her character being mute. In her backstory, oh. Star is mute due to the traumatized over Judgment Day. In the original screenplay by John Bracado and Michael Ferris, before it was rewritten, Star is only a few years younger than Kyle. They know each other from the daycare center before Judgment Day happened. Star can talk, but has can't can't remember her name, so they simply named her after the star on her cap. So there, there, there was supposed to be like flashbacks for her and everything? Yeah. But also, doesn't make sense because she's like seven, and Kyle Reese is at least. I mean, Kyle, I'm, I, Anton Yeltsin, I'm sure, was like twenty-two in filming this. But like, 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 I think he's canonically supposed to be like sixteen. Yeah, he's supposed to be a young guy. He's like in the original in 1984, uh, Sarah Connor's supposed to be eighteen, which is nuts. Right, exactly. Um, if this was made today, I guarantee you the part of of Kyle Reese would have been played by that one kid from Stranger Things. Definitely, yeah. You know, I'm talking. I can't remember his actor name, but it would have been main kid. Like, yeah, Yeah. that's all the. I've given all the other trivia and facts, including the alternate ending. 
I like I'm just trying to think like final wrap up thoughts on it. I thought the editing at times was fucking terrible. Like just the action the action was was hindered by bad editing. I felt like the entire last sequence was going to give me a goddamn seizure because of all the flashing lights that just didn't need to be there, but like it this is do you think just trying to think like the Terminator series as a whole is this the most beaten dead horse in Hollywood? Aliens up there for giving a run for its money and Predator. Agreed. Which I think is Agreed. funny because they're all kind of the same franchise. Agreed. Agreed. Like, I think it's a fair a fair point. In terms yeah. of highest quality, right? It's like T1 and T2 are literally... Oh, sure. Yeah, they're, they're both 10 out of 10s. Yeah. T3, I think, is okay. It, it, if it was just those three, you would have been like, the classic third one sucks. But then they, then they tried rebooting it with this to launch a new trilogy. Then they tried rebooting it again with Genesis to launch a new trilogy. Then they tried rebooting it again with Dark Fate to launch a new trilogy, and they went over three on on new trilogies. That, that's why I think that's why I think puts it over the edge is because they've tried the same thing three times in a row. They tried to reboot it three different times. Yeah, I mean, like at least Dark Fate, it seemed to have gotten people who've watched it seem to like it at least a little bit. Uh, I've not watched. I read the general plot synopsis of it. And we might do it. Who knows? We'll do it. Maybe we'll do it one day. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but it's like, that one at least seems like it has interesting enough ideas to try something new with the franchise. But yeah, this one was just like, it was just, it was just, it was just a stillborn baby. <laughs> yeah. It just was never, it was never going to, baby bird was never going to fly. I had a busted wing. You know, when we were coming up with more movies to fill out this top 10 list, cause we have a bunch of stuff waiting in the wings to replace things as we watch them. I remember one of the things we were like, well, let's think of types of movies. Like, what about a sad movie? Right? We're trying to think of sad movies. This this comes to mind now because it, it, it's just sad to watch because, like, goddamn, is it just boring. It's depressing to think about, you know? This was, this was possibly the worst. Of the current list, this was possibly the worst one we could have watched. Yeah. All right. So why don't we get into that now with, our, with the current top ten that we had ready to go? We put together this list months ago, actually, of our, a top 10 movie list. Movies, each of us agreed, we give a 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, and so on and so forth. So yeah. 10 out of 10, we said earlier, is Mad Max Fury Road. Hooray! We love this movie. We've seen it a bunch. It's it's awesome. Great action, great directors. Everything's all, good trivia about it. We can talk about it for ages. Yep. 9 out of 10, Skyfall. Did we see this together? Skyfall, yes. We saw it in college together. I wasn't sure if that was... With, I we saw with, together. Do you know who our third was? Do you remember our third? Ooh. I don't think it was Buchetsky. It was Dave. Yeah, oh, it was Dave. Because <laughs> I think, he, like, yeah, yeah, it was Dave. Okay. Number. But eight. I think he didn't like it. <laughs> I don't think he did either. Uh, number eight, we have Drive. I love Drive so much. The Ryan Goosling. Uh, I don't know how would you even describe this. It's a new. It's a noir. Uh, it's very noir. I think. Um, it's a thriller, and it's, I would argue, contemplative is a word I would describe it with. It's slower. Um, yeah, that's how I describe it, with, like, excellent atmosphere, really good atmosphere. So number seven is Con Air. It's a, stre- it's a stretch for a seven, but... It's uh, a, no, it's a I seven mean. in our opinion. Because it, that's a movie that does what it intends to do. I know, I like, know. That movie is not about the human condition. It is a... Right. <laughs> literally, what if, what if there was a plane full of criminals? Six, Hitch. Fun... My favorite rom-com. Will Smith... Uh, right when the career was about to end and kevin james right as his was about to take off <laughs> that is a wild take but okay <laughs> yeah we'll get into that later number five frank yeah that's actually the worst we could have rolled here i don't want to watch frank but we have to but it's on frank. the list frank is this indie pop dramedy i guess is the way to 
I, you know, actually, we do need to rewatch at some point to see if I hate it as much as I did the first I know, time. It, I it might be one of those that grows on you. I, I think it was. It might be because, like, I remember, I, I remember distinctly not liking it when we saw it, and then afterwards reading a bunch of reviews saying like this movie's great. And I'm like, what movie did you watch? Because I hated that. <laughs> Number four was Terminator Salvation, which you all just heard. Woof. I now we'll we'll now put it in our three in the past watches column. In my opinion, I can't give it a four. Anyway. That's fine. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. All right. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is three currently in our top ten. Uh, I, uh, it's going to be a bad one. <laughs> it's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad, but yep. we'll get there eventually. Number two, Bullet to the Head. Uh, a, a seminal film in the Sean and Kevin friendship arc. Yeah, this was... Uh, we watched this the first weekend back to sophomore year, yeah, and, I, 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 and you, you, you broke. You this broke yourself. This is the first time Kevin ever seen me fall. You, fall, you fall, fell. Fall, fall. I have the picture. I still have the picture of it. And if we, if we, when when we do bullet to the head, that's got to be the cover art. Is you broken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it's 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 you baning me, just mm-hmm, <laughs> picking me mm-hmm, up and mm-hmm, picking me. Up. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And number and what's one, num- what's number one? A one out of ten. The two thousand three Halle Berry starring Catwoman. Which we never rolled. We never did that, right? Definitely never. We, we never, never we definitely didn't roll that in the first time and then decided to go again. Yep, we never did that. Nope, never happened. Um, so let's fill in the four first. So let's fill in our four. So on the current second short list of fours, we have Suicide Squad, what? She's All That, and Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. Are you feeling anything in particular? <sighs> Should we also roll for this? All right, cool. So you want to get nuts do... with this? Do you want to? We'll talk about this maybe in the future today. We get we start putting six in the second Terry, and then we that could be good. Six that could be good. I, so, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So good. we'll start doing that from now on. But for this one. Let's change it up. So I think we have too many superhero films in there. So let's go with She's All That. You got it. Let's put it in there. I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I got it. I got to take care of it. Let me exit that out, and then we'll put that right here. Boop. There we are. All right, here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna point the microphone down so you can hear the hear the dice roll. All right. All right. How about this? Before you roll, though, what do you want to get? What do I want to watch here? Out of these ten. It's a, it's a good question. I think I, I feel a good movie. I want to rewatch Drive. I haven't seen Drive in a while. I personally, I was feeling Con Air. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right, let's see. Okay, so that's a seven or eight. All right, point your screen down. I want to see it. I don't. I don't, tr- I don't fucking trust you. I don't trust you, you son of a bitch. Roll the die, Kevin. That is a ten, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Mad Max Ta- Fury Road. Technically, it's a zero, but it's a ten for this because the okay, other option's yeah, one. So it's it's yeah, ten. It's a ten. Um, <laughs> holy shit, we rolled a ten. <laughs> we rolled a ten. Well, that makes cool. me feel good. Right. good well, now, we, now, now, I don't, now it's gonna be easy. We don't have to pester each other to do this again. No, we probably fucking do it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm fully down to watch this again. All right, All right cool. everybody. So, so if you're watching, actually, along you know with what? This, I, I propose. Yeah. We should watch the black and chrome edition. Ooh, yeah. Let's do that. Mad Max Fury Road is indeed on HBO Max. Do you want to listen along with us? Let me see if it has any extras. Uh, 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 None. None of you. No, but you can watch the trailer as well. The trailer is just as good, honestly. Oh, the trailer is so good. Oh. The trailer is sick. Oh, like, just, for the record, I, I've said this on, like, on record before, but I'll establish it right now. Mad Max Fury Road, as of this moment, is my current favorite film of all time. I love Fury Road. It's easily, easily one of the best movies ever made. So I'm very excited. 
It, it really is. All right, everybody. That's so, fu- that's so funny. Uh, this is how the dice work, baby. This you know what's going to happen next? It's like going to be a fucking two. Guaranteed. It's going to be a two. It's going to be a two. All right, everybody. So next week, watch Mad Max Fury Road with us. Give us your thoughts and opinions. You can DM me at BigBearSees3 on Instagram. Kevin's on social media. But, uh, well, not in ones you could, random people could reach out to him on. No, definitely not. <laughs> so check that out and uh, keep rolling the die. Yep, keep rolling that die, baby. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. It's Sean and Kevin's Infinite Movie Crisis. Roll the dice. Accept your movie fate.